Hey, what's the story? It's me, Lance Thrower at the Lance Thrower Podcast. Today, we want to talk about five reasons not to move to Latin America. Now, I'm not putting these in any particular order. I'm just making suggestions based on some cultural experiences that may or may not apply to you. If you're the kind of person who is, you know, a kind of person who really likes luxurious uh, trips to hotels and boutique hotels and things like that, there's a place for you and you're going to pay for it. And then there's others who like to do things like staying hostels or camping. And that's something that I did for a time in a cabin in the Andes mountains just back in 2010. And it was the best. It was a great time. It was a really great atmosphere to be in. And um, it was it was good. But there's some things that I learned along this road that may bother some of you to the point where we like, well, you know, I could pretty much deal with anything. Well, good. Come on down. If you're not the type of person who has the patience to deal with things that are not like the way you want it, then it's probably better to stay where you are. Because the truth is, is that you're never going to change people's culture. No matter how much you think you're going to come down here and I'm just going to show them the way I do things back here in America. Well, guess what? You're still in America when you go down to South America, Central America, and North America. So let's talk about five reasons not to move to Latin America. And the first one that comes to mind is this is going to ring true with some of you. Some of you are not going to agree with me at all, but it is what it is. And that's language. You see, when you come here and you're not prepared enough, just enough to give an effort to communication, your time will be so much better. And my first experience with this was I got off the plane. I was in Panama City, and this was right after the invasion. And I had bought a pair of pants, and they sell pants in Panama that are not hemmed at the bottom. And so I'm running around like a crazy person trying to find the Spanish word for the word tailor or seamstress or anything to do with sewing. And people sent me down this way and they sent me down this way and they didn't know what I was looking for. I'm literally showing these people these pants out on the street trying to describe to them what I want to do. And then I get to this one place. I'm thinking, great, they have sewing machines. They sell fabric. There's got to be some tailors here. They said, no, no, no. You want to talk to the guy that's out in the street out front. And I went outside and it was a guy selling scissors. So I was so embarrassed at that point that, you know what, I speak a few languages and Spanish is not one of them. And since I'm decided to come down here, maybe I should have learned a few things before I came down here because I'm, I'm no, I'm no stooge. Okay. So I took the time that next day to read and practice and rehearse talking to people in conversations. And that worked out great for me because in literally a month, I probably learned a hundred words. And before too long, I had conversational Spanish and before too long, I'm reading books and taking exams and many other things, but it was not easy because I, I felt very, I, I, I have to be honest that 
it was embarrassing for me to not be able to communicate with people I really needed to talk to. So that was the first thing. See, you might meet a lot of people and they'll be nice to you. They will be nice to you. Most Latin American countries, people are genuinely nice people. And when they meet a foreigner, it's kind of an oddity. So they're going to be exceptionally nice, depending upon how nice you are. Now, after a while, and you haven't learned two words in Spanish, a lot of these people that think you're cute for your terrible Spanish or none at all, but after a while, they'll think you're stupid or you're lazy. So I'm just actually suggesting that you don't be lazy and learn some very basics. Um, one way to learn conversational Spanish is by texting other people, and that's their only language. And some of you may get fluent in Google Translate real quick. So I recommend those two things. Um, try and meet some people online, perhaps, and have conversations in Spanish using Google Translate. That helps a lot. So if that's your barrier, if that's the only thing stopping you, and I've heard it all, I'm too old to learn a new language. That's preposterous. I know that when you get a new box on your TV and you want to watch Breaking Bad on Netflix, you know how to operate that thing. And yet you can't go on a YouTube channel and learn conversational Spanish. That's a joke and it's a cop out. So that doesn't apply to most of you guys. So I really recommend that you get after it and use those two tips I gave you so people don't think you're lazy. So if the only thing stopping you from being in Latin America is that you don't speak the language and you're afraid, then do the opposite. Learn it. Okay, second thing we want to talk about would be a reason not to want to move to Latin America is getting ripped off. Now, I don't, I don't imagine everyone's going to walk around in a, you know, a state of bliss like you're in Mayberry or somewhere and you can leave your doors open at night. But there are a lot of things that happen down here that uh, potentially um, can happen to somebody because you're from another country. So therefore, you fall under a completely different class of people, which would be considered the 1% of the world population in terms of wealth. So... You make a lot more money than they do, so you're an easy target. If someone is going to rip you off, it's going to be for something ridiculously petty. And they literally could have asked you for it and you would have handed it to them. But, you know, getting shortchanged, things like that, that's another thing. However, when it comes to virtually anything, you need to trust but verify. And the only way you can learn to trust people is by having experiences with people. So if you isolate yourself, well, you're not going to have a good time. I recommend getting out and learning to haggle. If the country is a country you can haggle in the markets, which is all of them pretty much, is getting to know the people that you do business with, but don't distrust everybody. Because if you trust, but you verify, then you don't have anything to worry about. Anything that you get done and everything I've ever had done from um, 
getting something fixed in my house and having all the silver change taken out of bolt. Big deal. But it's those little things that after a while gets to a point where, you know, you just can't trust anyone at all. So what do you do in that, in that case? You've got to have somebody, a partner of some kind that you can run things by or they can translate for you. That's very helpful. And that would keep you from paying too much in markets all the way to buying a house that doesn't belong to the person selling it or maybe buying a car that doesn't have real license plates and real stickers and, you know, and next thing you know, you're, you're being extorted by the police because you don't have the correct paperwork on your car. So getting ripped off is a very common thing. Uh, but if you are smart and you don't pay gringo tax, you know what that means is just falling ass backwards into some stupid situation and then going on social media and complaining about how uh, everything is a scam when you're just being an idiot happens all the time a lady standing in the bus terminal and i don't know what part of gringolandia she was from and somebody came up to her and said hey can i uh use your phone to make a call and they said sure and they handed their phone over to a stranger it's like an, one of these new iphone 10s or 11s or whatever and of course what does that person do they don't make a phone call, but they bolt out of there and run away. And then later on in the day, this person is complaining on social media about what a, the bus stop scam. No, that wasn't a scam. That was a person who you, you let them steal your phone. So getting ripped off happens a lot. But the next one I want to talk about a little more serious, and that's about getting robbed. Now, before I go any further, let me just give you a heads up. Some countries in Latin America, the idea that you even own a cell phone is an amazing thing. It's a privilege for very privileged people who have money, liquid money that they can just get on and go buy whatever they want. And at any time, if they lose that phone or that thing of expensive cost, they can go back and buy another one. So when these things, these luxury items like cell phones and headphones and cars and everything else end up getting stolen, their mentality is since you can buy another one and I can never buy one, I'm entitled to steal it from you because I could never buy one of those and you could always buy many more so therefore i have the right to steal it from you and i realize that may not sound logical to you but it makes perfect sense to them and a lot of times the victims are ridiculed because they were stupid instead of being um more you know open and helpful in that regard people stay keep their business their business if you have some legal problem where you get the cops involved, they don't want any part of it. Because these cops down here rope people in. 
there is no need to trust or speak to any of them, if not necessary. You could get robbed by the police. And it's almost happened to me in Panama. And I was bringing some people uh, from the airport to their hotel. And I was on a detail. And we're standing out front. And my, my partner, who's from Germany, uh, we were standing out front. And two girls came up to us. And they said, hey, how are you guys? And then literally within one minute, two cops come around the corner with their guns not pointed at us. They were not holstered. They had them Velcro to their chest. And they are like, we want to see your passports. Passports, work permits, uh, visa, all this stuff. And there was at the time no visas. It was just a stamp. And, well, we're on a detail. We don't, we don't, we don't have time for this. And so just so you guys realize, these are not real cops. These are people who are dressed up as cops. Whether those guns were real or not was to be determined. And it was a tip. One of the people walking behind us, walked behind the cops, gave me the signal. He was like, run. So fortunately, we... There was, no, there was really no need to try and talk ourselves out of it. These are just two extortionists. They were like, you guys won't give us proof of ID. And I said, well, um, I do have proof of ID, but how about you give us, show us your badges and your sedulous. And this was where well, we don't need to because we're the police and you have to do what we tell you. And I was like, okay, well, since you're the police, so then I'm assuming that you're under Comandante Carlos Rivera. And they just talked over top of me like they, like they didn't even hear me. And I said, well, I just happen to have his phone number. So I call him, and this is where it gets crazy. He didn't answer. I talked over his voicemail. And I said, Comandante. And I got two of your muchachos here that are giving us a hard time in the downtown area. Um, do you care to advise? Do you want to talk to the sergeant? Oh, no, these aren't even sergeants. They're, they're not even cabos. I'm not sure what these guys are. And that's when these guys realized they were screwed. So I didn't get a bullet in the head. Neither did my partner, but he was, you know, pretty shaken because he was like, that doesn't ever happen in Germany. People don't dress up as cops. And so being robbed, that's a very common thing. And they use these honey traps to try and catch people off guard. And something that you guys could, probably should look out for if you're not careful. So you need a partner that you can, a wingman, so to speak. And they know the scams and they know all of the the con games. So it is worth it to have somebody around you that is trustworthy. And like I said, trust but verify. Okay, the fourth thing we're going to talk about is taxes. Now I will give you one country in particular, and that is Colombia. If you are there more than 183 days in a calendar year, in a row, consecutive days, then you are supposedly uh, to pay 33% taxes on all of your foreign earned income worldwide, 
if you go over the 180 day, 183 day maximum stay for on a tourist visa. Now the tourist visas comes in two parts, and I think you're supposed to renew it after 90 days, and then you give you an extension um, for six months. So I don't know the rules. Just so you know, I'm just going by memory. 33% taxes on foreign income. It doesn't sound good to me. I would probably stay out of that country or at least stay there uh, less than 183 days. Okay. And this will be number five. This is probably the number one reason why uh, either to or not to move to anywhere in Latin America, in any place. I don't care if it's, you know, um, you know, Aruba, you know, if you're going to move somewhere and think that, you know, you're, you're, you're just like bulletproof, you know, you're not. And because you're a foreigner that the, you're going to get some kind of leniency, you're not. So let me just talk about this right off the cusp. And that's about laws and lawlessness. I had a house that we were moving into. My my kids are all grown now, so we were going to be staying in this house for six months. And it was a big, beautiful two-story, unbelievable brownstone and in a really nice part of Medellin, Colombia. And we were real close to the station, real close to the parks, real close to the metro. And this is where I learned really quickly about how much people give a shit about you if you don't pay them. And so since you're foreign, you got a big, you either have a wallet on top of your head or a mark on your back sometimes. Bullseye. So laws and lawlessness. Let's talk about the laws. Lots of laws that basically a lot of them reflect your country. And the severe this this the severity of the consequences really depend on how much money you can pay the cops. Now, when I was in Saudi Arabia and they caught someone stealing, they had stopped doing the sword on the hand and they started using a hammer. And they would surgically remove the hand. And then, of course, a murderer or somebody caught selling drugs would have their head decapitated. They would not do that to women because that would expose their head. So they shot the women in the heads or they stoned them to death. So those laws are pretty strict. And there's not a whole lot of lawlessness in the Middle East, even though there is. So cops will come they're not going to do fingerprints they're not going to you know this isn't a csi investigation like you see on tv in fact the cop's going to come and take a report if he takes a report and then he's going to go around the corner and have a, a coffee and some and some desserts so you we have this house that we're moving into we hadn't moved in there yet but i brought a box of things that was in like a like a closet and it was just like miscellaneous things. So I throw it down, think nothing of it. And so we got one bed moved into the house. 
and um, my youngest daughter was coming. My daughter was coming to uh, visit, and we I gave her an iPad and uh, something else and some perfume, and we left that house. Like I said, there wasn't anything there. We were just putting things down. We left and came back, and the house was open. There's a door downstairs that has a lock, and there is a door that goes into the house that has a lock. Both of them had been opened as if they were never locked. And it turns out it was the people who were putting the cabinets into the house that were painting and refurbishing the, the kitchen cabinets. And those, those guys had a key, came back through, stole basically everything that we – it was just a bunch of junk to us. Um, but they stole everything. They even saw the light bulbs that was in the house. So, and when the cops came, they did absolutely nothing. I was infuriated, you know. Uh, daughter was only there to visit for a week. And uh, I had gotten her the iPad, and she was so happy about that. And she was still very little. And, um, yeah. And, and the thing is, they, they stole her perfume that I, I got her to. Was one of the spray perfumes for like teenagers anyway so that wasn't very nice but it does happen and so lots of dumb things like that happen along the way i had to learn uh, to really be on top of things and make sure things are locked down if not there is just no way of determining some of the things are like ninjas and some people are just kleptomaniacs and so one of the people that I knew, uh, she had th two or three children and her mother lived with them, but she cleaned houses for the very wealthy, you know, cartel, like beautiful houses and stuff like that with very wealthy, uh, people. And her grandkids didn't have very much, but they always had Game Boy games. Remember those Game Boy things? Well, Game Boys were like a hot thing back then. And I understood that the owner of one of these big fancy houses, their kids, all of their games just started turning up missing. They started losing a couple here, a couple there. And all along is the housekeeper is stealing the kids' games and then turning around and giving them to her grandkids. And so these are just things that happen a lot. And if you're not careful and you're not really vigilant, then you're going to get taken. Now, the last one was one of my friends who, for whatever reason, the, the person that they invited, they had a party. I guess it was like a Christmas party or something, or birthday party. For Yes, it was a birthday party for his his daughter had turned one or two years old. And later on in the night, his wife is looking for her phone. Can't find it anywhere. And <laughs> the guy stole her phone was her cousin. Like her younger cousin stole her phone. And um, what this dummy didn't know is that my friend, he works for a, a security company. And those phones are all monitored and, he even had him on video going into their bedroom and stealing her phone and then trying to talk his way out of it. So it was a very embarrassing and sad day for them 
Um, but these are things that have happened. And he had gotten to the point where he was already a security guy anyway, so he was he was kind of overkill on everything. But in this case, is there's always going to be lawlessness. There's really not much you can do about it. In fact, Colombia is very much known as the land of apathy because people get robbed so much and the police do so little. They just don't. And if you're a serious criminal, then every single police officer is going to be basically like your private security team. And so um, a lot of times you'll find that cartel members work as cartel members at night and they're police officers during the day. And it's not fun to travel by car in any Latin American country where you need to cross the border because it gets complicated. And every single time that you have to talk to an officer, there's going to be a bribe involved and you're going to need to pay it. If you don't pay it, there's going to be something else that they're going to find about you to waste your time and find some way to extract, extrapolate dinero from you. So it would be best to just have a small denomination, not too, too small denomination on hand to be able to handle a cop and say, see you later, because that's all he wants. He's not interested in if your stickers are correct, if your paperwork is in order when it is, they just want money. And instead of coming directly forward and saying, hey, I just want money because I don't make diddly, and just it better just get it over with, okay? Now, um, let's talk about motorcycle robberies, especially when you are in the street and you're an idiot and you have your phone and you're just talking your head off, being a big cool guy, talking on your cell phone, thinking everything's great. And all of a sudden, two guys on motorcycles jump and are, they're up next to you with a gun to your head. What are you supposed to do? Well, you're going to think of your favorite uh, Chuck Norris movie that you wished you had done. There, but there's always the fight that you thought was going to happen. One that you planned on happening. And the one that you thought you were going to have. And then the one you actually had. It's always wrong. Nobody knows how to fight. These guys are just bombs. And they don't know how to fight, but they have a gun. All they want is your cell phone. They get about five to ten bucks for each one. And then it goes on the black market. And they do this all day long. All they see is somebody on a phone. They whip around the corner and wait for them. And they rob them in broad daylight. And absolutely nothing can be done about it. Cops will not. It's just they, they, they got to the point where they made the laws different. So where two men were not allowed to ride on a motorcycle together. And, um, you know, so, yeah, it's problematic. But these are, you know, points that if this is such a serious thing that you don't feel like you're man or woman enough to deal with something like that that happens on a regular basis, just remember this. It's really better than having all the deeper problems that you might have in your home country. Because what happens when you come down here is you suddenly are disconnected from all you think you need and want and desire. You can stay where you are. 
and sit on your lawn chairs and watch the days go by and you with a girlfriend with a press on nails and all that stuff. Or you can come down and meet some very absolutely glorious people. And I mean glorious from the standpoint of just not what you're expecting. Some of you guys come down here and you're going to find that the worst reason to ever come down here and move here is because you fell in love, which could have been number five, could have been number six, should have been number one. Because what happens to men when they come down here and they meet the girl of their dreams and they've never had a caliber, real caliber woman that comes out of these countries? I'll be honest with you that the first time I met my uncle's girlfriends, and they were from Kali Columbia. We were in Germany. I'd never seen people like that before. I'd never seen women that looked so, I just, there were no words to describe how pretty they were. And I thought, wow, my uncles, we're all just a bunch of poor dirt bags. These are like movie stars going out with them. And they're so nice. And I discovered that there was something to that. And so my very first serious girlfriend was from Cali, Colombia. She was a medical student. She was in K-Town. And uh, we saw each other every weekend for three years. When it was over, it was devastating. You know, because that was the caliber of amazing that I was accustomed to. And I will tell you something, guys. I have not swayed from that path for many, many years now. When I say top of the line, top of the line, like I almost felt out of place going to a reception ball with a woman that looks so elegant. You understand? I'm just a rugged old firefighter. You know what I mean? I might sound like a, a hick or something like that to you. I'm just Eastern European. So what am I going to do? But to be around people that take care of themselves with what they have. Should be reason number six. One reason not to move to Latin America is because you might fall in love. I'm Lance Thor. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. Before I go real quick. I, I you know, I do need you guys to subscribe. Um, this is my call to action is you would donate to us on Patreon, which is Patreon Lance Thor. Thanks a lot, guys.